0: Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And uh, tonight we have a wonderful guest, a good friend of mine who's been on the show's before. We have uh, Rabbi we, we have Rabbi Mordechai Shane, who's been with us was with us before and uh, talked at that time a little bit about uh, and issues dealing with that and today we're going to discuss a combination of things about catering and mashkichim and rabonim. Uh, welcome uh, Rabbi Shay, to the show.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure coming back on the show again, especially with Rabbi Wickler. I'm sure we'll enjoy this show.
0: I think, I think everyone's <laughs> going to enjoy, it, including myself. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, before we begin our topics tonight, and we have a bunch of them, I just want to make a quick, few quick announcements. First of all, the women's program for Badikas Toiloyim is taking place this Motte Shabbos, the first one with Rabbi David Goldstein. And it's a wonderful program. It's all filled up. And if anyone would like to uh, go to the next one, I believe it will be the following Motte Shabbos, but if not, we'll let you know. The one Motte Shabbos either the following week, that's Parshish Va'era, or somewhat later. So if you're interested in coming to the next. A women's training program for insect to, uh, infestation things to, uh, to learn how to check in your own house call us and write the number down 718-336-8544 again 718-336-8544 just leave your name and we'll get back to you again 718-336-8544 I want to tell you that last time we gave out this uh, number and uh, we asked people to sign up we received almost the entire. Uh, actually, we did see the whole group within within 24 hours. So we, people called up right away, and those are the people who were able to get into the program. We had to turn away a bunch of them already. Um, another thing I want just to announce quickly is a few things that came across the desk, and they're not anywhere yet. I don't think you've seen them or heard about them, so they're just quick announcements. One is that uh, Quaker Oats, Quaker Quick Oats, 42 ounce size. On, it says on the outside um, best used by february fifteen sixteen no, 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 it was february fifteen of two thousand sixteen uh... some of these boxes have been infested with insects and you could check out maybe you have that box forty-two ounce size of quick a quick oats uh... be especially careful uh... A number of uh, people have been talking about products coming from israel and produce coming from israel and the star k gave out this week that uh, bell peppers are being very commonly coming from Israel, clementines, uh, fresh dates, and these are things you should be on, on the guard for, especially during the Shemitah year and the following year also, because a lot of products will be Shemitah next year. So those were the uh, common ones that, he's, that they're, they're finding right now, bell peppers and the clementines and the dates. So be especially careful about those. Uh, I'm not going to discuss the full thing here, but if you can discuss the rub but uh, obviously, shemitah is a major issue. Um, you have to treat it in a special way. Uh, you can't throw it out, and uh, tumors and miceus might have to be removed if it's not a it's not from Shmita or If it's you have to you have to know a little more to be able to ha- handle that one. Uh, at the same time, I like to mention people asking me, and I I feel I didn't want to mention it at all. But some people came over to me today, and they said you must mention it. So I will. We were discussing orange juice for the last few sessions, and uh, there was a... You can go on to the website called uh, uh, Yeshiva World, uh, or you can go to um, the the site called 5TJT. That's Five ta- Towns Jewish Times, 5TJT. You'll see that Rabbi Hoffman... Who's been talking about this? Uh, has says that he that Rabbi the Mr. Gordon Larry Gordon who owns Five Towns Jewish Times visited Rav Chaim Kanievsky on Sunday, and that uh, he presented the question about the insects in, in the Amish juice, and that Rav Chaim answered Lo lach meaning you don't have to worry. Uh, whether or not uh, everyone agrees with how it was presented, etc. Uh, certainly not going to be a topic for tonight. But uh, those people who uh, want to find out more about it might go to those places. And if not, uh, you can stay tuned to this show because we'll be discussing it more when things are a little more clear, probably in the next week or two. And without further ado, I'm going to welcome a guest, again, my guest of Mordechai Shane, who is, uh, in my estimation, He's uh not just a special mashkiah and people don't know what special mashkiach is. Special Mashkich means he's he's hired sometimes on top of the regular Mashkichim who are who are coming from the Kashv agencies. And sometimes it's the head mashkiah and he's been a Shabbos Mashkiach, and he's been in charge of PACE programs. I mean, he's really done a lot of the hands-on the thing that I love the hands-on cash. And um, Rabbi Shane, let me ask you, has it been an easy ride? I mean, did everybody like to have you down? <laughs> or, or maybe sometimes they don't like these find out so much about what's going on in their products. <laughs> <Stop. Yeah.
1: laughs> I find people have, human nature is that people don't like to be told every day what they're doing wrong. When I see things wrong, I can tell the Rav or the Mashkichim, whoever it is, you know, after a while, they they don't like it, you know, and... Then I just stop talking to them and telling them because what's the point? They just, just to make them angry at me, you know. But I think it is a problem. I think there is a big problem out there. There's wherever I go, over 90% of the places where I go, I find problems. Now, I want to comment on yes. that
0: before you go on, and I want people to understand it's not that Rabbi Shane is a manufacturer in these issues. He actually sees things, as he says, in 90% of the cases. He sees things and comments to the caterer, to the hashkocha, and he says that we have to change this, we have to deal with this issue. And it hasn't been addressed before. And that that number, 90%, sounds like it's a total exaggeration. But I know Rabbi Shane, and I know what he does, and I, everybody in the whole industry knows him. Everybody knows what he does. And he is telling you a number. He said 90% of the time he goes down to whatever it is. And he finds something or some things that he has to change, comment on, control, report back to the conscious agency or the or the caterer. Is that correct? Am I saying it right?
1: Yeah. I even offered, I, mean, I don't know if I should say this, but I even offered Rav Machshirim that I will do the Hashkoch on Shabbos for free. But every time I find something wrong and they change it, they will give me $100 for each thing I find. <laughs> and nobody took me up on the I wonder sofa. why not? I wonder I why. Maybe yeah, they, yeah. they don't because have enough the money in there. Most of them you know me.
0: <laughs> Let me tell you, I, want, I, want, I don't want the people to misunderstand. And they won't believe me. Just like they wouldn't believe you, they're not going to believe what I say. I right. say that at least 90% of the time, maybe 100% of the time, when I go down to a facility... I find something that I have to report to the Hashgacha agency and tell them about. Yeah. You know, Rabbi Shane and I were involved in a number of situations. We can't mention where, when, we're not going to give you an idea. But I'm going to tell you that the two of us were at a Simcha, not in Brooklyn. That was far away from Brooklyn, and it was the first time that the Kashmas agency ever did a, a program in a non-kosher facility. In other words, it's a glad kosher caterer, and they went for the first to a hotel that was not kosher, that was not, there was treif, and they had to take care of the kitchen and serve the guests. And Rabbi Shane, how many things do you think we found wrong that day? And if you remember anything, tell the people.
1: We found about 10 things wrong.
0: (laughs) Right, and you remember (laughs) some of them?
1: I think one of the things was that some of the waiters there who were going from the hotel, they went out and they bought pizza, right. and they brought it back. And when they finished eating their pizza, they went and served the kosher food. Didn't wash their hands, nothing. They had and the, the Mashiach
0: was talking to us, <laughs> and he watched them come in, and he didn't say a word. And we said, you didn't even ask them to wash their hands. You know, they just yeah. ate trafe in the special room right over there. And you didn't even ask them to wash. You didn't even check their hands. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And that, that was just one example. Yeah,
1: and then they ran short on plates. You know, the waiters didn't know where the kosher, the first time they ever saw a kosher fare, and the, the plates were on the side. So they were short on plates, so they ran to the side and took the non-kosher plates. was, I think, a the middle of a of Davening.
0: And we saw also, I remember clearly, that, that, the, um, that the, the markings on the kalim was not mm. clear it was not there and to tell which is the and coach he said, coach he is he not. Said, he said he's you know he, he, this is from the he, he didn't he didn't know I mean he didn't know why it wasn't on some of the things didn't have anything on it mm. but they said to us this was new stuff we didn't have a chance <laughs> to put the, we didn't have a chance to put the color coding on mm. it was it was unbelievable so after <laughs> these ten things we couldn't go home and this goodbye we wrote it up we sent it to the kosher agency and we told them, by the way, here are 10 things, whatever the number was, that went wrong at the first affair that you ran. The the person in charge was not there. The person in charge for the cashless agency was not there. He may have come earlier. He may have been there for the cashering, but he was not there during the affair. We were in the kitchen, talking to the mashkir watching the, whatever was going on, because he was wanting to know, what was it? We That's our nature. We like to go into the kitchen. We like to talk to the mashkiach, and we like to know what's going on, and... And we never expected we're going to find a comedy of errors. We reported it to the cautious agency, and the conscious agency had meetings about it and had to accept what we said, and had to make those adjustments for the future. But why is it the first time out, everybody knows the first time out is the worst. Why is it that the person in charge of that cautious agency, the one who is the... Uh, person who has to go to all the different affairs and different, who has to go to all the different Hashgachas. They have many Hashgachas. Why wasn't he there present at that at that first function to make sure that everything was going right in a non-kosher setting that they've never been before? But we spotted that. So when Rabbi Shane says, he sees it 90% of the time, He's not exaggerating, and we could go. I, could, I don't want to spend the day, the, the whole hour on the stories. But we sat in, we were together on a number of these things. The the one that I liked the best, I mean worst actually, <laughs> was the was the time we came Shabbos morning to that uh, to that kiddush. Remember that that situation?
1: you are gonna end well.
0: well, well I just want to we're make we're a, looking, one point. we were looking for the mashgiach.
1: Yeah, he was davening. He was davening.
0: <laughs> of course, he was davening, but mm. not just davening. He didn't miss a word. He was there the entire davening. Didn't go mm-hmm. out early. Didn't check going in and out. He was up there mm-hmm. davening away, and, and and we were there. It was a third uh, mash, uh, mash, 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 who was not no longer living, and he was together with us. And we, you uh, know, we 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 observed, and we had, and there were a couple of things that you pointed out, and that the other mashkiach pointed out that were wrong, and uh, the no mashkiach, the mash, davening.
1: Where is the mm-hmm. <laughs> and That's good. And at least there was a mashgeich there, there. Most places don't have a mashgeich, especially Shabbos. There's no mashgeich there. They have a regular, decatur. who sends some waiters who hardly know any Hilche Shabbos, and they're the ones we're relying on. When I say 90%, I don't mean that, you know, not necessarily are there the rices or the abundance, but there are things that should not have been done. And if you tell the Rav he would agree that he will change it and not do it. But it's not like everything, you know, they're cooking on Shabbos. Or could be they are cooking, you know, even Hilchus Bishol. Uh, there are different ways of cooking. Not only is cooking putting food under fire. You could be cooking different ways. I once had, I was once, a uh, mashgiach showed me around the kitchen. This was a mashgiach who supposedly knew something, and he showed me around the kitchen. And what he showed me was, it was Shabbos in the day, and he showed me that they were s- uh, serving uh, bar- barakas, hot barakas, and was taken out straight from the oven and was really hot, more than yadzol, lettuce boy. Also, he had mushroom sauce, which was on the fire. Also, more than yadzol, boy cooking. And he took it off and took the mushroom sauce and put it on, um, the, right on, on the, right on top of the barracas And... So I t- pointed out to him. I said, "What are they doing here?" He so says, "What do you mean? They're both hot. They're both in the oven. So what could be the problem?" But he no- didn't know that there's such a thing as yesh Bishal acha that something that is baked and afterwards you cook it. The mechaber, the Shukhanosh says clearly that is not permitted.
0: That's why we put the <laughs> we put a klishlishi before we put in some right. into the soup on Shabbos.
1: Here. Right, but there's a simple thing. The mashgiach had no clue. Like, people tell me, you know, what could go wrong? I mean, all the food is in the oven, what could be wrong? Here, all the food was in the oven, and still you could have bishul. Bishul is a big um, uh, uh, sugi. It's topic. a lot. It's a big, big topic. topic it's not just taking food from the refrigerator and cooking it. There's so many aspects to the halachas of bishul which people have to know. I once had a case where one caterer told me, that, you know, on Shabbos they have, not necessarily does a caterer have the same mashkich every single week. Sometimes he has different mashkichim. Uh, so he told me that one week he had a hash- and he took food from the refrigerator, which was pre-cooked, and he put it in the oven with the door open. And the mashgir said, that's okay. If you put it in the oven with the door open, that's okay. The next week he had a mashkiyach from the same caterer, same a mashia, and this mashkiyach told him, no, you can't do that. That's chazorah, what's called returning food into the oven. What you could do is you could take the shelf out and put the food on the shelf, and that would be permitted. So that's what he did. The next week, he had a third mashkiach, <laughs> and the mashkiach told him, no, you can't do that. That's awesome. What you have to do is you open the door and leave the food on the door. That you could do. This caterer is telling me what's happening here. You know, which way is right? Is this, is this a joke or this is hashkocha? And this was what? the same Rav Maksha? Same Rav Maksha, same caterer, three weeks in a row. Three different mashkichim. Mashkichim don't ask Shilas, They're on on their own. They, this is what they think, and that's it. I once asked the mashkich, why don't you ask the Rav? He's embarrassed to ask the Rav, because if he asked the Rav, that means he doesn't know. If he doesn't know, why would the Rav uh, hire him?
0: You know, but we, this is talking, standard in the we're industry. You're talking now about these <laughs> topics again with the mashkichim there. We want to get to other things, but I, I, want to, I want to let our listeners know that one time Rabbi Shane and I got together and we went to a certain Rav Hamachshir, and, uh, and 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 we t- I think we did to more than one, but at least remember one Rav Hamachshir we went to, and we said, you know, I actually I don't know how it came up the conversation. He had issues. We mentioned issues about uh, Shabbos and you know the, the different uh, situations with Mashkicha, and we said, listen, you you need waiters, let alone of course Mashkicha too. But I mean, we hope. Some of the mashkichim know what's going on. But we need the waiters to be trained. So we said so at least get Shomashabis waiters, but they should know something, because if a Shomashabis waiter doesn't know anything, so he's gonna also make a Hill Shabbos situations. And a lot of times there's no there's no Mashkich a Kiddish. So we offered to train Mashkichem for this rabbi. Remember that that's right. No, no. So um, we're still waiting for the answer. <laughs> <laughs> in, in other words, what you don't, what who are listening to me don't understand is that there is no such thing as certified mashkichim, because this is Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. In a town like Chicago, there's a Chicago Rabbinical Council, and every single Orthodox shul in Chicago sends people to be trained by the Chicago Rabbinical Council on Hitcher Shabbos, and the, <laughs> the, the, the CRC, the Chicago Rabbinical Council, made up that they will train the people according to the, the Rav's psukim And they gave a list of, of things, yeah. and the Rov yeah. gives his psukim and they will train the, mush, the people to work there. They have two people trained in every single shul in Chicago. In Brooklyn... We have no mashkichim with any training, no, mash, no no, 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 waiters with any training. We have nothing. And and, the, and these people are bouncing mm-hmm. around. Some of them turn up as mashkichim <laughs> one week and the waiter another week. And nobody knows what's happening. I was in Lakewood, and they had very fine quality mashkichim. I was very impressed by the mashkichim that they had there. And every affair for the KCL must have a mashkichim. In here in Brooklyn, we don't have that. Mm-hmm. They, we have no mashkiach in most of the kiddushes. And when we do have a mashkiach, sometimes you can't tell him from the waiter. And sometimes he is absolutely not knowledgeable about the, the Shabbos whatsoever.
2: I would say that uh, in Brooklyn, from, uh, you know, in Hebrew said, from so many trees, you don't see the forest. And I think that uh, so many, just really like, a, it's like a Purim, you know, custom. Mm-hmm. You put the yamaka in the <laughs> And the go in the in the second when you put a beard, and sometimes you don't <laughs> need it, and you become mashgiach. That's right. It's a good job. I
1: was I was once a mashgiach. I was once a in a place, and I came. You know, I come early. be before the waiters and I met the waiters there there was a head waiter and he's you know a popular waiter which he goes around does for a lot of caterers and he goes around to shuls he tells me he does about every Shabbos he has two jobs one Friday night one Shabbos in a day and he must do a thousand during the week during the the day he does a thousand affairs or something like that so I asked him, in all the Shabbos jobs that he does, does he have a, is there usually a mashgiach there? So he told, tells me most of the time there's no mashgiach. Sometimes someone will hire a private mashgiach, but most of the time they don't uh, have. So I asked him, do you think they need a mashgiach? So he says, no, you know, it's every week we do the same thing. What do we need a mashgiach for? The food is in the oven before Shabbos, and we do this, and th- what could go wrong? So fine. Before When we left, after the kiddush and the affair was over, before we were going home, this waiter comes over to me and tells me, you know, Rabbi, maybe you would like to give a share to the waiters about the halochas of Shabbos. During this few hours that we were there together, I pointed out to him maybe 20 things that were wrong which he had no clue. And he's oh, working every week. And he's working Alone every week. without no mashkir. Without any mashkiach. And he told them, some of the things I pointed out to him, he said, you know, all the waiters, they know it's wrong, but no one cares, no one says anything. to say, well, he actually told me. When, and he really doesn't know halachas. Most waiters, you know, are not big talmidich hachamim. They're not people who learn the Mishnah or halacha. So if they're being buyer if they're cooking, they don't know that it's also. They don't know Trina is also. They have no clue. Where should I know from? I once asked a waiter what he was doing. Was he was taking a slotted spoon, spoon holding it, and taking taking from a big jar coleslaw. So he took out the coleslaw and he was shaking out the juice so from the coleslaw. That he didn't want too much juice in the. So I asked him. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, oh, it's a problem. What are you doing? So I said, "Why? Well, what's the problem? I told him it's a question of borough. You know what his answer was? What's borough? Yeah, he had no clue what borough is, and he was in charge. Now, and two other waiters. You can imagine how much the two other waiters knew. These are the people that you're relying on. They're the ones that you're relying on, paying money for a kiddish that he should be in charge. Another time I had, which I was a question of hatmana. I asked the person in charge, also, what's mono? They don't know. They really don't know. The beginning, the beginning. It's the, the beginning. The words, so I- people ask, what could go wrong? I mean, when you have someone like this, what do you mean what could go wrong? Anything could go wrong. And I tell people, you know, I. Like, Whenever I go, many times I find new things which I wouldn't believe these things would happen. Isn't that beautiful? You <laughs> at least
0: at least you see there's, there's no Kiddush without the Let's Be Kiddush. Yes, that's Kiddush.
1: <laughs> no, I, it helps me because I learn, you know, afterwards I, I go and learn, learn, learn the
0: halachas. I, I, I don't know if you people know, people who are listening to the show, that Rabbi Shane gives Shiurim. In halacha, to to, the, to young men in, who were learning in yeshiva gedolei, so it's not he doesn't he knows halacha. No. He's, he's an expert. But before we go on with anything else, I want to do two things. One is I want to uh, I'm going to mention about our about our sponsor, Mart, But I'd like uh, everybody who would like to call in. This is a good time. 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Please limit the questions. To the topics that we're we're talking about today, which is hashgacha, which is Kiddish's, which is Mashkichim, and we're, <coughs> we're going to get to rabbanim, Makhshirim and maybe to to Rab, in, to general rabbanim in just a moment. So again, seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight to speak to Rabbi Mordechai Shein, or to myself, Rabbi Wickler, and uh, you can uh, email you can text us at three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight again three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight to text. If you're listening to us in one way or another and haven't, haven't heard about it, scribble down the number 718 506 9099 because that's the way to call to listen to us over the telephone directly. 718 506 9099 and just punch in the numbers until you get, uh, until you get the, um, uh, the, the, the live radio. Uh, I'd like to, Chris uh, will mention a word about Globmark. Glotmart is a place that I, when I think of them, uh, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. I think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. Their weekly specials run from Wednesday to Tuesday. And you, and, uh, you should know that you can find specials on the shop's specials every single week. I believe the uh, Thursday and Friday. I believe that the, the Shabbat special is for for 19.99. It includes uh, filter fish soup, rotisserie chicken, potato aluxion kugel, and a pound of cholent Enough for four people. At Gladmark Convenience, comes in two packages. Parking and time. You'll save time by using their valet parking service. Just pull into Gladmark from the East 12th Street entrance, and they will. Park the car for you and have it ready to load up with all those special items you've purchased in the store. And at Glotmart, the quality of meats is A1. With kosher certification from both the Star K and Nevada Kashrus of Flatbush, with base Yosef Meats and with expert Nikor, at Glotmart, you're getting quality Kashrus. Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M, meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell him you heard about Glotmart on Kashrus on the air, over J Root Radio. Now we're going to go back to our special guest tonight, Mordechai Shain, who's a a special mashkiach, person who's uh, got a lot of experience in this area. I don't want to tell you how many years it is, quite a few. And uh, we're going to be discussing the types of problems that come up, and you can call us at 718-683-5858 to let us hear your question. It could be a a general question as well, but uh, we're especially interested in this area. Now, I have something, I don't know if I discussed it really at length with Rabbi Shane before the show. I have an ulterior motive for bringing him on today. There's a gentleman who I respect very highly, who I speak to, uh, I would say, almost every week, certainly so see him every week. And he listens to the show. I could be listening right now. And he came over to me in this past week and he said, Rabbi Wickler, you know, I hear you on the radio and you're saying, uh, whether it comes to arm, but Ar- Jews or something else, you always say, "Ask your rabbi." Ask your rabbi. He says to me, he "says That that would be fine if the rabbis knew about kashrus, but the rabbi trains years and years. He learns halacha. He knows the sefer. He knows even Musa He's he can take great rushes and he's talmud uh, chacham, and he learned yoredeya." A lot of rabbanim don't have smicha on choshem and but that's yodin that's yodin. Yod Some people learned choshem also, and they have that they actually have a very wide variety of information in their at their fingertips. But very few people have learned kashrus. And if you haven't learned kashras, what are we asking them for? So that's what he said to me, and that got me to thinking about this whole topic. What does it take? To say that somebody knows about Kash. I see the phone calls are coming in. Nissen, if you can come back and help us, <laughs> we can't pull them up ourselves. We have to wait till Listen comes back. Uh, so, the the question is, you know, what makes a Rov knowledgeable Kash? Can I really ask my own Rov? So I always tell the same story. I'll just say it quickly. That 35 years ago there was a Nico problem. There was a problem with meats that weren't being properly traybird. There was, was there was chaylev on it, and the, and people asked me, do "You eat meat?" And I said, "Yes, I eat meat." How can you eat meat? Don't you know there's a chaylev problem? I said, "Sure, there's a chaylev problem, but there's plenty of robonim to ask to live in our neighborhood." He said, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Well, anyone who paskins hilchas nida, they can they can tell you where you can eat meat." What are you talking about? That because he knows Hilchas Nida, he knows anything about meat what? I said, you're right, he doesn't know anything about meat But he has Yerush Shemayim Because Yirish this Yirish is, Kalev is, is, is kares And Hilchas Nida is Kareis So if a person Yirish takes, that, it can be believed That he takes the Halachas of Nida seriously You've got to believe that when he answers and you on kosher He also takes him. things seriously in Halacha yeah. And he's making sure that he himself eats kosher okay. And he's not going to direct you <coughs> to anything else and That's what I said and I still believe that but on the other hand, just one minute, and I still believe that. But on the other hand, you know, the Rabbanim have to be fair about it too. You can't just say, uh, you know, Mstamba, uh, this is okay. If you don't need it, look into it. There's a rub in our community not far from, my, from where I am right now. And he was asked a certain Shiloh, and, uh, you know, whatever, the person who was go, Dobbins with him came to me. I said, what are you asking me for? Go to ask your Rav. You dove him by your Rabbi so-and-so. So he said, yes, I diving him by him. But, you know, I did ask him. So what happened? He said, I'm looking into it. That's a serious Rav. That's somebody who's taking the matter seriously. He himself has to look into it. Beautiful. When he gets the answer, he'll be able to share it. But rabbanim have to take that extra effort to find out some more about Kashra so they can help their <coughs> Baalabatim. We'll take a call. Go ahead. You're on on the air. Can we help you? Go ahead. You're on the air. Hello. Yes, you're on the air.
3: Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you. I had gone to uh, catered it was like a it was like a Shabbos affair in a in a catering hall as a a good recognized Ashkocha, and I went into the kitchen to see exactly what was going on, and I saw that they were serving hot food, and I asked me how did he warm up. I asked the one who was in charge. How did he warm up the food? Not a ravi. He's just the one who's uh, posing as the mashkia. So he said he put this stuff in the warmer. So I asked him, you took stuff from the fridge and put it into the warmer on Shabbos. He said, yeah. And the warmer was an adjustable type of warmer. You can you can you can raise and lower the temperature. They believe it's like up uh, to two hundred fifty degrees or so. So he was taking. Although it was dry food but he was actually taking it from the fridge and putting it into a warmer on Shabbos that has adjustable temperature. Is that something that's important to do on Shabbos?
1: <laughs> After you saw that uh, during the week, did you call up the Rav Hamach and ask him about that? I, I,
3: I saw, I, I, I saw uh, one of the Rabbanim who was, uh, who was in charge of that hashkacha, and I did mention it to him. And his answer to me was that since it's made only for warming, it's not made for cooking, so he feels that's muter. Now, my understanding when I went when I learned, our uh, the way we learned was that if it's something that could bring something to outside us by Has adjustable, it has adjustable temperature, so then it has a dinner oven. It doesn't make a difference what the what the intention of the manufacturer was. It, it should I have wanted, a dinner oven should, and it should be. Have it, so.
0: Before you go on, I want to offer to you. Will you please contact me any time during the week? Leave a message. I'll get back to you. 718-336-8544. You give me the name of the Rav and the Ashgakha and I personally will contact them, and they will get probably a letter, and if there's different Rabunim involved, I'll make sure that it's well known to all the Rabunim, and then they will make a decision, and it will be handled properly. That's how I work. I see. So
3: is that something that... that right, Wait, I was going <laughs> to ask you... Did you, was second, I was
1: going to ask you, did you ask that, Rav, if that is the hashgacha's policy, yeah, or because I something know, I happened? To, I have
3: to say, he told me that was his svarah, and he told me that he'll he'll double-check it with a paisik, And that was where we, and I'm not sure I mean, he did. What does that he, mean, he's, you know, he's going to he, double-check it
1: with a paisik. I mean, this is his hashgacha things uh, happen and then he asks or first he okay. tells them what to do whatever, whatever. That's but, I understand. That's that means what you're, telling me is, what you're telling me is that you go into any hashgacha and things will go wrong and you point it out and then the Rav will take care of it or look into it and ask See, that's a is week, that the way yeah. that's what I'm trying to say this is what's happening That's real, exactly that's what, what you're pointing yeah. out exactly what I'm finding right. nobody yeah. asks Shaitas, nothing's happening they do what they want and afterwards if someone points out then they'll start thinking
0: no but something's so so basic as this, about how we're we going to protect Shabbos, any serious hashkocha should have been asked all the Shilas before he took the first paycheck. But he shouldn't have been taking money all along and not know what, why he's doing what he's doing. So, I, I mean, there, there is a problem with, with, with the story they're telling us. is a very unfortunate thing. It's not surprising, but it's very unfortunate. So, wait, so but the, but the truth that is, is that most
1: hashkochas do not allow it.
0: Most Hashkoch do not allow not it. And
1: I, to the way you're talking, I, I think I know who that Hashkoch is, and that Hashkoch, as far as I know, does not allow it. I
0: see. So if you would get okay. back to us, we'd appreciate yeah. it. I, you can speak okay, to me fine. during the week. Okay? Okay, Thank Be- you very much. Thank you very much. Okay. For the okay come. Wow. You see what goes <laughs> on over here? Yeah. Unbelievable. I want to ask, this is yeah. for me
2: also something new, because I know that most of the warmers, you know, they, they, they look like, like fridge warmers. Most of it was adjustable thermostats, but we covered yeah. them over. Uh, you know, I was where's the, where's I, the, most of the times that I saw, nobody. Right, it's not covered, it's, right? It's not covered. Most, most of the time, I'm it's not covered. It's not covered. That's, they don't uh, cover. It.
0: Let's be, uh, you know, uh, fair with uh, what I saw. Well, I don't, I can't okay. answer for that. But, the, but we, but basically, our position is that those should be covered. <laughs> They shouldn't, because it, it, uh, it's a, uh, something that a person, that way we, like we call gara fakatum, we put besides that is, we to put on a blech. On, besides
1: on, that, on. especially when you have goisha waiters there, they don't know, understand the blech, and they don't know why you cannot make the oven higher or lower, and it's very likely that if they see it's too hot, too cold, they will change, move the dial, and it's I, happened.
0: I was at a, an affair <laughs> very recently, and I, I, I want to get your take on it, Rabbi uh, Shane when they the Cholent was ready, it was, there was two warmers they had Cholin and these two warmers. When it was ready was it like in the area near near where their food was near the the ballroom area it wasn't in the kitchen it was a very small kitchen and when it was when it was pretty much ready the um so the waiters came out, and the lady there pulled out the plugs on the on the warmers on Shabbos. and uh, took the the inside so I'm I'm making an assumption that she was not Jewish <laughs> I yeah. hope, hope it's a good yeah. assumption I can't tell you she certainly uh, could have been not Jewish and I there were you know hundred maybe close to a hundred people there all from so she probably wasn't Jewish the man had a Yamag gun and I I hope he was Jewish I'm I these are assumptions <laughs>
1: yeah
0: and they gave out the challent in the kitchen. Now, technically, if there isn't anything wrong if she's not Jewish, but somehow it seemed to me that it was expected, and it was maybe it was even uh, programmed. And what what's his feeling about that when there, when a non-Jewish person does something that's really blatantly not Shabbistic, and yet it's not a question of I ignore from me, sir. Is it something that we should be letting these people do, encouraging it, accepting it, programming it? At what point is it, is it not really right?
1: Yes, I mean, if she's doing it for you, then, then her, it should not be uh, permissible. If she's doing it for herself, then could be it's permissible. But the question is, is she doing it for herself or for you? Obviously, she couldn't care two cents whether the plug is in or not. Because what has nothing to do with that? But she's taking it out.
0: Easier to serve in the kitchen, probably.
1: You mean with the whole warmer?
0: They took. She took took the She pulled the plug out of the socket, and took the warmer.
1: Oh, I thought the chunk was taken out first. No, 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 no. Oh, they took out the whole warmer
0: thing and took it into the kitchen.
1: Yeah. So then she's doing work for you. Could be that's a problem.
0: It might have been Mooks. It, was probably, it you're could have been Mooks with the way right, you're holding. It right, could it's Mooks, but she's doing it for herself. Her make it easier to easy. serve.
2: It seems like that. It's, it's easier, easier for, for her, her, easier her to, to serve. serve. And also, you have to remember, she has to clean the kitchen later. Right. And I'm not being a on this uh, caterer, but uh, she will, will probably wanted the pot cold after she finished and just go home uh, quicker. You know, this is possible.
0: Well, we've seen... Uh, I in know, in a shul nearby here, where I've always told the people that they should have some Shabbos program, which unfortunately they don't have, I've seen myself that the warmer is turned off, the warmer that they use for the challenge is turned off, pulled out of the plug-out, they wrap the plug up, they move the warmer upstairs, it's all Shabbos. And somehow, I mean, to me it doesn't look nice. I don't say, as it could be all I died to the napshaka it, could be there's nothing uh, functionally wrong. But something something bothers me about about the about it. Am I, am yeah, I, I
1: don't think it's the right thing to do. In our yeah.
2: shul, we have the warmer with the timer, and uh, it goes up, off. it goes off. And even I know that I asked the shalat rav that I can pull it out without uh, you know from the timer and move. Uh, we don't we keep it uh, all the time until Motas Shabbat. I want you to know that that
0: when you say he has a he, he said that he could take it out. I want you to know that I've I've heard uh from well well you know well uh, people who know the, the mechanics that when you break a circuit, now it's not a gratu- it's not attached it's one it's, thing, but it's still plugged in
2: no, 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 it's okay what what is like this definitely as as electric electricity. Okay. i have a little bit experience right, you okay, so, it. <laughs> so uh, the timer the timer is is stay on the plug it's not they don't touch the plumber the the, uh, yeah. the timer yeah the only thing that you unplugged is the plug from the timer uh-huh. so it's everything is disconnected there's no not power and nothing uh-huh. that uh, is running through the cables or something like this uh-huh.
0: okay all right anything else there okay mm-hmm. let, let we have um before we go on to that, I'm just going to go back to my to the topic that I'm interested in, is the rabbanim. Now, I have a let's say I have a rav, and I want to know about kashrus. How do I ask my? What should I be asking my rav? Uh, I have to know. I want to be able to find out. Does he know about kashrus enough to be able to answer me? How would you? When you how would you when, handle that?
1: When you ask your rav about the kashrus. Are you asking him if milk fell into meat? No. You're not asking him that. You want to know, could you eat in this place? I want to know if I can eat
0: in this place. <coughs> I right. want to know if this hashkoch is <coughs> good. I want to know if the mashkiach on this right. particular fair is Now, good. this
1: rav generally was not in the kitchen of the caterer. So, as much of a tamat chochem as he is, I don't think he really knows what's going on in the kitchen. Right. And that's not to say any... Uh, the statement about the rough. He was never there. Like, I was never in Africa. I really don't know what's going on there. Does that mean I'm not good? I'm not smart? You know, it has nothing to do with it. The way he finds out is by asking around about the kashos of this. Either you could ask Rabbonim who are involved in kashos, ask kashos agencies, or speak to mashgichim, speak to caterers. When you speak to caterer A, you want to find out about caterer A, ask C and D. If you want to find out Ravamachshah, ask other Ravamachshim. And of course, there's a certain slant to that, but you could feel, just like when you ask a Shidduch, you ask the you know, they say you subtract 90% over here also, when you ask other people involved in kashas, involved in day-to-day or mashgichim or caterers or waiters, and they more or less know what's going on. And anyway. the rough could find out from them. But just the rough saying that he knows this caterer and he's a Mamash a Yerishimayam, a mm-hmm. I was once in a place. And when someone I knew came in, it was on the Shabbos, someone I knew came in. He didn't know I was there. And I asked him, you know, like, I was friends with him. So I said, you know, you didn't know I was here. So how do you eat here? Who's in charge? What, you know, why do you think it's okay to eat here? So he told me. That this caterer, Mamish, is a big tzaddik, and he will not fool you or do anything that you're not supposed to do. So I said, you're right. He happens to be an El Chayyid, fine, all that. But how much of Hilch Shabbos does he know? If he doesn't know anything about Hilch Shabbos, so how... If someone doesn't know is what good is the fact that he's a big tzaddik? He mm-hmm. doesn't know. If he doesn't know Bishel he didn't even know this caterer didn't even know what tchina was. When I mentioned tchina, he thought I was talking about uh, the tchina that you uh, right, put on right, your bread. Right. He didn't know. He, 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 didn't know. he didn't know. He didn't know what boy he was. He didn't know anything. He was, you know, he was a al-chayin, you know, very honest and he would not fool. Everything had to be straight. But he didn't know halachas, so who are you relying on? Right, right. He and he was taken back. the right, story
0: you told me recently about uh, a time you went and the waiter on uh, on Shabbos. He was a Jewish fellow when he was using the water, I think hot water. And then I think there was the rov the, the rov said over there that he's going to change the. Yeah. That's right, that's that a was a zemachki, masj- a,
1: a, masj- <laughs> a kid as a kiddush. and one of the waiters with a yarmulke. We were discussing. Um, how much we get paid <laughs> and it seems that I got paid mo- he thought I got paid more than him so he told- tells me he's a Shemesh Shabbos and he knows some halacha so maybe instead of being a waiter he should be a mashkiach <laughs> I was laughing at him yeah you're if- lucky he you didn't say you should be the waiter <laughs> yeah, afterwards I see he's using the hot water so I asked him, how you using the hot water? You know, on Shabbos, you can't use hot water. So he tells me that in the shuls, they shut off the boiler, they shut off the hot water before Shabbos. Therefore, there's nothing wrong with putting on the hot water. So I told him what I thought of him, <laughs> and he stopped using it. After Shabbos... I went to the Rav of the Shul, and I told them exactly what was going on. And with this, this was one of the things I told the Rav, that he told me that uh, he shot the wa- hot water. So the Rav told me that he's a mamashah shakran goma, he's a big liar, it's not true. And he's Michal Shabbos, <laughs> and this is the person who wants to be mashgiach. is Michal Shabbos. And I wouldn't be surprised, knowing the industry, that Hittaker will be a mashgiach, and probably he is a mashgiach, just like the other waiters, where there's no mashgiach, and he's the head waiter. And I told the Rav of Machsh- the Shul also the other, th- other th- things that were going to me wrong, and he told me from now on, anyone who makes a kiddush and a fair hair must have a mashgiach at the affair. Realizing, not realizing that the are of problems. It's not so simple. So when, yeah, it's
2: come, we, when it comes to time that uh, the mashgiach has to be passing pass come a, some kind of course or something. Well, that's is. what we want right. to that's, do. That's exactly that's we, what we, I'm we we saying. Wanted that's we, that. We, we wanted
0: to introduce the, the uh, industry, but we that haven't that is, found so, anybody who's from, ready to work with us. From
2: our experience, from my experience and, I, and other people that I, I went to other places, it's enough that you come with a keeper on your head. Yeah. And you have some kind of background that uh, maybe your, your grandfather was a Hasid, or I don't know, and that's it. Finish. the The the, the agency doesn't even interview more than five minutes, and I'm telling you that's yeah. loudly very sad. That's uh, very sad. I don't want to say it in this radio, but uh, I, it's, it's it's time that to make a, a kind of changing mm-hmm. in this. Uh, Okay. I, saw, Industry. I, saw, I was once I,
1: saw, I was once at a kiddush and I asked who the waiter is, who the mashgiach is. Yeah. So they pointed out who the mashgiach is. So I go over to him. He was a uh, someone with a you know with a small yarmulke and he really didn't look like a mashkiach. He was a waiter. So I asked him how he got the job. So he said the caterer needed a mashgiach and he called up the waiter agency and asked for a waiter. And then he asked the agency, by the way, do you have a mashgiach? I could use one. So I said, yeah, this waiter he could also be a mashgiach that's one of the uh, that's things got, that's how he got so his he, that's how he got a job he was a waiter and he could be much also this is the majham that we have here and this is one of the things we went to that rabbi when we went together this is one of the things we told him that happened yeah it's a, it,
0: it, a it, it definitely definitely
2: cool what cool what you say okay uh, so you know what uh, that's a good idea to open our line again and seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight seven one eight six eight three 5858. Five, and eight. We'll, we have a little, little time left, so
0: we'll answer all your questions. Wherever it is, you can speak to myself, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, or Rabbi Mordechai Shane. Any cash issues you want to discuss, open phones now.
2: And also, you have some uh, text messages, I have text Rabbi. messages? Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> I just see shout-outs here. I don't know what... It is. No, no, okay. <laughs> so okay, just, we have uh, to, get, we have uh, to get it updated. Okay, you <laughs> see? Let me just put it... Okay. Uh, I don't have it here. Okay, well, I don't have it. You'll, just, you'll have to. It's off okay, okay. okay, so here. Okay, so let's let's go to first off. one. It went off. <laughs> okay, we uh, going no, back no, to no, our, no. our topic. Our, Hello. Yeah, Hello. we have a caller coming Hello. in. Okay. Hello. Yes. Hello. Go ahead. You're Am on, I on, the air? on the air. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hello. You're on the air. Yes, I just want to tell you from my own
3: experience. I went a few times to on, apply just to just be and um and. And do do? never did any rabbi ask me any yeah. question, what I know, do I know. I happen to know nothing about your day. I never opened up a your day yet. Yeah. And they were ready to accept me as a mashkia just because they saw my beard. It, the interview was less than five seconds. I don't well, understand you know, what's
0: going on here. I know who's talking now, and I thank you very much for calling. It, it's worse than that. I, I've seen, I've seen the, the questionnaire they have for a mashkiah. The qu- one of the questions yet? is, "Do you wear tzitzis?" That's one oh, of the questions perfect. that they but ask This has to be be stopped. Be- this
3: can't go on like this, and continue to go on like this.
0: Unfortunately, it's going to go on because they, oh, because we don't have yet rabbanim oh. who are. Uh, is this being on the
3: air?
4: You're on the air.
0: <laughs> You're on the air. Oh, he left. Okay, next caller. Go ahead. You're on on the do air. Do it
4: the correct way.
0: You're on the on the air. You're on the radio. Hello? You're on the radio.
4: Go ahead. Oh, I thought I'd to the it pre- again. I said if someone sees something that they weren't a certain way, let if a is by um, what a waiter or a cook is doing, they shouldn't be afraid to say something and bring it to the attention of the cook or the waiter that there could be a problem of chul, not necessarily chul, or something. When I was a waitress many years ago, the cook took the chicken straight out from the oven, took up fresh orange, sliced it, and then put a cherry on top. And I told them there's a possibility that this could be a problem of bishul and he had never heard about Again, I'm not a Rav Tepaskin, but that Friday, the next Friday night, he told me after the chicken was served, come walk, I want to show you. And he pulled out of the oven the chicken with the oranges and the cherry that was prepared for from before Shabbos. So even though there may be certain rabbin who sometimes say a certain thing is mutt or a certain things is also, sometimes, you know, if the person doesn't know it, they'll correct it. And they'll fix that problem. So you shouldn't be embarrassed to say something if you see something. The person could then go and correct it and do the, what Hadar the Halacha is.
0: I, I think that's wonderful. But I think also that you that you uh, in in all cases it's important to get to the Rav Hamachshia. It's fine you speak to the cook. It's fine you speak to the person in charge of that a caterer, the person's fair. But I think that the Rav Hamachshia must hear more about it. It would be nice if the rabbanim Makhshiram attended more Simchas. We've spoken to rabbanim who give Ashkacha for Shabbos affairs, and they've never been into Shabbos affairs. Not, not that they don't come often. They're never there. They're always soimich on somebody else. Oh, I have a from man who works in the company, and it's not, and he's doing, I'm sure he knows. They don't even come to visit their own Ashkachas. That's a problem. That's a major problem. But the only thing we can do as community people is to report again and again, I heard this, I saw this, please look into it. That's what we have to be. We have to be sort of the eyes and the ears. We're really the super mashkichim. We're the mashkichim on the waiters and on the mashkichim. Thank you very I also much wanted to add also
4: that I was in high school at this time when I said yes. it, so even a high school student, it doesn't have to be someone who's married, as long as it's done the darachah kavod and not screaming at the cook and not screaming at the waiter, you know, doing it in a kavodik way, anyone at any age could really bring this up, you know, and, and things like that. Thank you very much.
0: And also, a person shouldn't feel, because they're young, you know, they should feel, don't feel you. Have, if you have inadequate information, so somebody will straighten you out. But you must speak up. You can't watch anything go on wrong and let it go on. It, I'm so upset sometimes I get people come to me. They say, oh, they're they, they telling me lush and horror. This and this thing happened three years ago, ten years ago. And the, uh, did you ever bring it up to the rubber martian? No. What's the purpose? It's ridiculous. It, if you, you can't change anything without bringing it up. Thank you very much for the call. We have more calls coming in. Thank you. Okay, you're on the air. Can we help you? Yes,
5: Um. Um, are but you talking are you talking you're on the to, radio. You're oh okay. The radio. Uh, Rabbi Wickler, I wanted to tell a story that recently happened to me. Yeah. I includes okay, okay, okay. tells about waiters on Shabbos. I, I made an offer in my home and um, a very well known caterer who's implicitly relied upon was supplying the food and I asked him to send waiters for Friday night. So um, that Friday night, when the way wait- he brought everything before Shabbos and said up, that Friday night the waiters came. I saw there were two goyim. And the older one said, oh, don't worry, they know what they're doing. And soon it became evident that they didn't know what they were doing. One of them did something wrong, and I spent the rest of the evening in the kitchen watching them. After Shabbos, I called the caterer and I said, what do you do? You sent me two goyim. You need a mashkiach, somebody to watch them. And then he uh, did some research and found out that the person who sends the waiters had had a problem with the, one was supposed to be a Jewish waiter who knew what they were doing, and he sent in the end, without telling the caterer, two goyims. If I had not stood there all evening watching them, they would have trashed up my kitchen, done things wrong for Shabbos. People have to know, just because a reliable, 100% reliable caterer is sending them waiters, they have to watch them and know what they're doing with them. hundred percent. It, it was a very, very terrible experience. I was unable to sit at the table at my own simco and enjoy it because I had to watch the waiters in the kitchen. It, had it was unfortunate,
0: but you were very fortunate. That you caught it and were able to uh, to oversee it. Most right. people don't even have a clue, and they only wake up do a, a day or two later. When I had a simcha recently, I called the caterer and I asked also, and I said I have to have Shomis Shabbos waiters, and we had two wonderful Shoma Shabbos waiters right. who really know, who really are knowledgeable on a certain level, and it was in the house, and they didn't have to. Uh, do a million things, and they couldn't get to the slotted spoons. they couldn't get to anything there. <laughs> Everything was laid out in a simple fashion, and there was, you know, Yotzev and Nichnas, people going in and out of the kitchen. So we didn't have any problems, but we had to go and pressure to get those two Shomer Shabbos right, waiters. Right. You can't find enough Shomer Shabbos waiters in our neighborhoods to satisfy us. They don't exist. That's why the mashkiach is very, very necessary, unless you have controls that, you, that you're satisfied with. But, but otherwise, we, don't have, we there's not enough shomr shabbos Mashkichim to go around. It's not like in the old days, whenever yeshiva bachar earned an extra few bucks. Today, it isn't that way. Yeshiva bacharim are learning nonstop. And the people who take the jobs are really not yeshiva bacharim. So it's very, very, very hard to find anybody that's a real Shah shabbos today uh, you know, who, who, uh, who could be waiters. Definitely not enough for the, the number that we need. Thank you very much for the call. Next caller. Okay, want Kasha's on the air. Can we help you?
3: Yes, I have two questions, actually. My question is like this. We, a lot of people go eat pizza, but the flour is not sifted. What, what is done about that? Like, I know at home we have to sift flours, but when we go to restaurants, the flour is not sifted.
0: That's your question, about sifting the flour? Yes. you want
1: to comment? First of all, how do you know that they don't sift the flour?
4: Um, my husband
3: and I both worked in a pizza store. And they were both really good cautiouses.
1: Okay, the, the places where I've been a moshkiach, some of the places they do sift the flour. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a full-time moshkiach. You know, I do it once, a you know, like My in husband
3: is a mashgiach right now as well.
1: Okay, I've been in places where they do sift the flower, and I <laughs> ask the Mashkiyech, or the person in charge who sifts the flower, I ask him, do you ever find any bugs or anything in this sifting? So they tell me 99% of the times they don't find, and they really don't understand why they have to do it, but since the rav HaMakhshi requires it, so that's why they're doing it. Now, so it could be in certain places they never find anything. Finding bugs is could be if it's uh, in a moist place, if it's old. But if you have fresh flour, from my understanding, from being around, is you hardly ever find bugs in it. Do you? When the place where your mashgiach, your husband's in Majkir, does he find bugs when they sift the flour?
3: Um, they never sifted the flour
1: there. So wherever and he's, he's in He, he, he doesn't on, work. He
3: doesn't work there anymore. He worked
4: there a couple years ago.
1: So where <laughs> he worked, did they ever sift the flour? <laughs> no, they never did. Okay, so could be in that place they didn't because the Rav and Marche had other places where they sifted, they never found anything. So he said, "Okay, it's not necessary." But I'm not justifying, and I'm just telling you this is a possibility. I wasn't there; I can't see. I, I really don't okay. know.
0: A couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, I had a, a gentleman. More phone what? Just one more. Uh, they, uh, the, a couple of years ago, there was a gentleman who was um, who, who 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 makes special machinery for. Uh, for the sifting the flour in the bakeries, it's um it's a it's a big machinery. It runs from either two thousand up to thirty thousand dollars, and he's put a lot of thirty thousand dollar ones in. So, it's a serious piece of equipment, and it goes it goes through some some, some force. It goes from the one floor to the next floor through some kind of uh, centrifugal force, and this is it's a closed system that when it, the flour is sifted. From then, it'll go, it'll go straight up to where it needs to be used and never comes out again. And he showed me, just, we just, you know, Arbitral, we just opened up the little catch where the, where the bugs would be caught. And there's plenty of bugs there that came from the flour we just checked. The hundred pounds, a couple hundred pound sacks, whatever they were. Because it's a very, and, and I, I was in this bakery. Between you and I, I mean, I'm, I think you could trust the place because of this machinery. But if you saw the floor on the floor like I did, you'd realize there are insects there. And it's very, very dirty, extremely dirty. You don't see that part of the bakery. I saw it. Extremely dirty. And you, you know that there have to be some vermin in that place. And they are getting into these sacks, even though they're closed. And so the, the, the sifting is a very, very important part. Every bakery Ideally, should have a sifting a, a, a project. Unfortunately, not all of them do. So we have another call. Go ahead. You're on. Cash is on the air. Was the same person? No. Is anybody there? Yes.
2: No. Yes.
0: Yeah. Go ahead, please. You're on the air. I'm on the air. You are.
3: Okay. I want to know if if you can eat Dunkin' Donuts. Such a I see people there. How can you eat there? <laughs> is that a good kasher?
1: Uh, it, it's, uh, you, How about mean? the other places you eat? Could you eat there?
3: <laughs> no, I, this is all Goyim. They don't have no Ashkakas. I mean, no one's saying there. There's all Goyim. His coach There's a rabbi
4: master. He has a big sign up.
1: I, I was once at a kiddush and they had three Goyim uh, completely. Now, one Jew from the Kato was there. And when I called up the Ramashi he didn't see anything wrong with that. <laughs> and was uh, a and I'm almost ninety nine percent I could say you eat from his hashkoch. We
0: we don't we don't I mean try. is it yeah.
1: many places where I've been with only Goyim. I know. I was Shabbos in a place, one of the most famous receivers here in Flatbush <laughs> and there was choked
3: and Kegel. I wanted to check it out and all of a sudden the plug was out and I saw of way to put it back in. He says, I'm gonna lose my job and it still happens. I said, You think it's hot now? Wait till you come over there, you're gonna be really hot. <laughs>
0: Well, that's, that's really uh, a problem. I thought,
3: I can't even mention the name. Was it yeshiva? Well, the question Hater. is,
0: we, did you do anything about it?
3: Yeah, I said, what are you doing? So throw threw me out.
0: Oh, I understand. But you didn't go over to anybody from the yeshiva another time. It was a the davening. I, I wanted to see what's doing. I didn't well, you see you have, anybody. No, you have, you, have to, you, have to, you have to. There's things like After this. After davening, you could you speak have to them. You have to report anything you see. Because that's the only way we can keep Kashmir a little bit above water. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad as it is, but we—the only thing we can do is that. Thank you very much okay. for the call. Thank you. Okay. okay. So I as we'll have to sum up a little bit. You want to have another? You have another thing you want to say? Oh, let's or something else. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to deal with this last issue we were talking about, Rabbanim. I want to offer, and I'm offering by <laughs> Shane as well. We would love for Rabbanim to say, you know. We don't really know that much about Kashrus. And you know what? We're happy to help you. We would. I definitely could work with you to see what's going on in the Kashwas field. I'd love. I you know I had a Maschgiach training program. I'd love to have a Rabbanim training program. Or if you'd like, I can get to you the guidelines that they have from the CRC, Chicago Rabbinical Council, and that might help you. But definitely, Rebunim, have to get involved in Kashrus enough to know what's going on. Let them go to you let them go and get involved with different people in the Kashrus field. And then they'll be able to be intelligent, to be able to answer the questions of the people. When we, And when we say, ask your local Orthodox rabbi, hopefully it'll be somebody who knows about Kashrus. I thank you very much, Rabbi Shanks Thanks, Shep, thanks for having me us. on again. It was a pleasure. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Thank okay. you very much, and this is Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of the Magazine. If you want to reach us, 718-336-8544.